Welcome back and welcome to our studies here at the Glen Springs Road Church of Christ. I am Phil Robertson joined by Dr. Mark Lloyd and Mark good to see you. Good to see you. Well we're excited uh, because today is the beginning of a new study for us and not just a new study and we're going to introduce that in a moment but it's really an overall study for our family in Christ here for the year. Yes this, uh, this is something uh, energetic that we are taking on as far as what we're going to be doing next year and we're going to be teaching that class uh, as far as an introduction or whatever but uh, we're going to be doing Ephesians and I am looking forward to this. Well and it's actually not just next year it's this year we're yeah. in it right yeah. now and this may be a little ambitious but our goal for the year as we announce Sunday is we're going to study everything that we can find in Scripture about the church in Ephesus and we believe this is very important, especially to our family of Christ here in Gainesville, because there's a lot of correlation between what the church in Ephesus is going through in Scripture and what we're dealing with today. If anything else, just look at it from an age standpoint. Yeah, just a timeline type situation. Uh, the church at Ephesus probably began in the early 50s, mm -hmm. anywhere from 52 to 55, and then we last see it uh, in Revelation, which would be right at 100, so close to 50 years of existence. Well, if you take this congregation, began in the early 60s, and this is now 2022, uh, and so we're about 62 years. Mm -hmm. So that, give or take 10 years, that is the, that's the emphasis of the church at Ephesus. It's the longest existing church that we hear things about in scripture and so it's unusual for churches to last that length of time and be strong and so Ephesus uh, is a good example and as, as we go into Revelation we would find that it might be wavering a little bit and they were being encouraged very strongly by the, by the angel of Ephesus to uh, get their act together. I would say they, they were wavering a lot Yes. Uh, when the Lord says, I'm ready to yank away your candlestick. Yeah, I mean, I, that can't be a good thing. No, I, he, he did. We saw an example of one he did yank, Laodicea, and the rest of them were teetering as well. Uh, but all the churches of Asia had their problems, except for two, uh, and... So that should be an example to us. Existing churches, all of those in Asia, probably were about the same age as Ephesus. Yeah, and if you, uh, you know your biblical history and you look at the Revelation in chapters 2 and 3, all of the churches that Jesus is writing to are in the region around Ephesus. And what makes that so uh, important in our study is Ephesus was probably the epicenter for many of those churches. If you look in, in the book of Acts, it's probably from Paul's work in Ephesus and what he did in Ephesus that the word spread in that region. And so Thyatira, Colossae, Smyrna, Pergamum, uh, all those other churches are going to probably come from Ephesus. And so Ephesus was a huge influence in the church. Uh, the way Jerusalem was in the very beginning of the gospel story, and then Antioch became probably the epicenter to some degree in sending out Paul and Barnabas. Well, eventually that turns to Ephesus. Both of those were probably about 30 years mm -hmm. uh, in their height. 
as far as important. Oh, so 30 yeah. years in Jerusalem yeah. and then 30 well, years you think in Antioch. Mm -hmm. And then it had moved to Ephesus and all of these surrounding churches. If you, if you look at Paul's writing to Timothy, what is he doing? He's, he's going and reestablishing and working with the churches in or near Asia or uh, Ephesus. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he's establishing elders and doing all of these kind of things. And so that's what's happening out of Ephesus. They are a very important uh, city. Yeah, well, Mark just mentioned, too, uh, it's very important uh, in regards to our study of the church at Ephesus. So you have history of the church in Acts, clearly Acts 18, 19, and 20. Yes. Uh, and then you see the letter to the Ephesians, which is... Probably well, 8 to 10 years after yeah. the establishment. And so, and that's mainly going to be the study that we're going to share with yes. you here, but we want you to hear all the history and why this is important. So you have Ephesus and Acts, certainly the letter to the Ephesians. First and Second Timothy were written to Timothy while he's preaching... At Ephesus. In Ephesus. And then it's highly likely when you get to the letters of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, that John was probably living in Ephesus. The Apostle John is now there, and that's what history shows us. And so then you go to the Revelation. So it's a lot of Ephesus, a lot of that church in your New Testament history. Well, and even coincidentally, us just finishing 1st and 2nd Peter, they were written to churches probably close in this region that Paul had written to at some mm -hmm. time. And so they may even be included, as or Ephesus may be included even in that letter as far as the persecutions is about to begin. And so all of these letters uh, are centered in or near Ephesus. And so I think that is amazing as far as what this church went through. And where is their faith in all of these? I think we're going to see in Ephesians, it's very strong, because what a strong letter he writes to the Ephesians. I mean, doctrine that you don't see much of in the rest of the epistles, not to the extent that you have in Ephesus. So he's saying to these people, you're ready for this. Well, and so that's, that's, to me, pretty good indictment as right. far as... A, a good indictment. Yeah, this is a good indictment yeah. as to the Ephesians and right. where they are in their faith at that time. All right, let's talk real quickly about the church just so you, you have a good understanding of the history. We mentioned this briefly and, and why this is so important to us as a family of Christ. We want to look at the Ephesian model and learn from it. Don't go off the deep end where they maybe went, but learn from them. So we find that it's a sprouting and a growing church uh, in Acts 18 and 19, probably early 50s, mm -hmm. uh, like Mark said, around 52 AD, so you have it sprouting and growing. And then in 54 to 56, while Paul is there preaching, you, you find that the doctrine is being shared, and it's almost like they're having to weed out some of the impurities. Uh, uh, you know, we haven't even mentioned <laughs> <laughs> you got the Temple of Diana. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, we, we're going to talk about Ephesus <laughs> yeah. here as far so, as the city's yeah. concerned. So you talk about some weeding out. That's a big weed yeah. to get out of people's lives. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But then there's the nurturing and the watering and the growth that you see certainly through the servitude of Timothy, uh, who's going to be the local evangelist there for a while. And then you have the struggles, as Paul warns them. Here comes the struggles, and that was the dealing with the false teachers. And, and then by the time you get to the Revelation, so now 
we're 40, 50 years as a congregation in existence, and you have the warning, you've left your first love. I, as I look at this, you've got Timothy, that's, that's his message in Timothy, of beware of false uh, prophets. Uh, be testing them, be, being sure. Exactly what John is saying, it's even more of an emphasis. Be wary of the false prophets. So I see a church, in my mind, that was really fighting certain things and really holding fast to certain things, and what were they doing? Maybe missing some other areas that they were not emphasizing or thinking about. And that, as a congregation, we've got to be very careful with that. You might want to emphasize one thing, but we can't do it at the detriment of, of missing some other things we need to be doing. So that's what a church needs to be doing. And that's a great point. Uh, I know all of us have our challenges that you might say are our own little soapboxes that yes. we want to preach on and, and we feel are important for the church in Ephesus by that time period in the Revelation, the Nicolaitan teaching, whatever yeah. that was, they were hard on it and firm yeah. on it, and they had it right. Yes. But. Guess what? But. They apparently left their first love, and maybe that was a lack of, of love for one another. Yeah. Maybe it was certainly a lack of love for the Lord and understanding the full understanding of the gospel. And so, yeah, that that is a big warning. It, it's uh, huge and, that and, we, you've got to stay attuned to everything. A congregation has to be ready to go right. uh, under whatever circumstance that they are in and not just suddenly, okay, we've got false teachers. We've got to really attack these and forget other things. You just can't do that. You know, that's an interesting thing. If you think when he was meeting with the elders in Acts 20, I did not, I did not hold back in declaring to you yeah. the whole counsel of the Lord. And so... Yeah, yeah, that was maybe kind of a little foreshadowing. And his initial warning to the elders there is, there's going to be people in amongst you, mm -hmm. the elders, that may try to bring this congregation down. They had to be prepared. And I see 50 years of preparation in certain areas, but you hear the angel saying to the church at Ephesus, You've got to get back yeah. to your first love. Repent. You've done great. Love. I mean, he praises them along the line, and then he gets the butt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's never a good sign when a butt comes from no. the Lord no, or no, an angel. No. But yeah, that's right. everything no. else is just set aside. Here comes the reality. Here comes the reality, and I am sure uh, those, uh, hopefully those people in Ephesus took that to heart and said, yikes. Uh, we've got to dig back and see some areas to where we need to get. And as you can hear, in. as you can hear, uh, in our enthusiasm for this, that's that's what we want to make sure we do. That's right. Is, is get back and see that. So that's why this uh, study is so important. And our study for this class is going to be in Ephesians. And we'd like to encourage you to think about getting one of the the little uh, scripture journals, and it's just the letter of Ephesus. Uh, and we're going to be having these here at the building. We announced this yesterday. We'll have these for everybody. You can either get them here at the building. They're easy to find anywhere online, and they're about five bucks a piece. And what it is, it's just the letter uh, on one side, the letter to Ephesus, the Ephesian letter, 
But on the other side, you can write your own notes. Maybe it's notes that you learn in your study with us or just your own study on your own that you can have your own little commentary, and we think that will be very helpful. Yes. Uh, very helpful because Ephesians is a wonderful study, and that's why we want to get into it. Okay, with our time that we have left, okay, let's talk about Ephesus. We've talked about the church. We've seen how it started and where it ended in Scripture. But let's talk about the city of Ephesus because we believe this also uh, has a correlation to our family and our church family's life living in the city of Gainesville. Um, I guess if you talk about Ephesus, you got to talk about the temple of Diana. Yes. And if you were going to say Artemis. I was going to say but Artemis. But you need to, to say Greeks. Diana. In my case, I yes. had better say the goddess Diana. He's married to Diana. <laughs> Not the goddess, no. pagan goddess. No. She's the godly woman of Diana, but she likes for us to be mindful of Diana. So yeah. you'll hear us say Diana instead of Artemis. That's right. Artemis actually is what would be the Greek, the Greek god. Equivalent. Equivalent to the Greek god. And so the Greek god Artemis, and, and, and so that religion's carried over to the Romans, and the Romans referred to Artemis as Diana. Ephesus is actually a Greek city, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's their culture. Uh, that's what they've known, and I am suspecting that a an Ephesian uh, citizen, mm-hmm. citizen of Ephesus, would refer to it as Artemis, Artemis. The, the that temple to Ar- to Artemis. Yet when the Romans came in, they established it, that's the goddess Diana, and so if you're walking down the street and and an Ephesian. You better be careful as what you might refer to if a Roman soldier is coming down. Isn't that the beautiful temple of the goddess Diana? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, when you're in, when in Rome, do as the Romans. Romans yes. do. And, and so they were having to make their own adjustments. But such a wonderful city, a huge city. Uh, some estimate up to 300,000 people, right. even in that period of time. It was not the Roman center for government. That was Pergamum. Okay. Uh, but it was probably the most populated. It was a coastal city. It was huge in trade, and so a very prosperous city. And it was a tourist destination. And a tourist uh, destination. The temple itself was a magnificent structure. Uh, you can see artist renditions uh, in many places. And the ruins, there's still ruins. There's a lot of ruins from ancient Ephesus uh, that you can visit. Uh, in in the modern nation of Turkey today, it and so it's there. Must have been a marvelous temple, if it was one of the seven wonders mm-hmm. of the, the ancient, ancient world. world. Mm-hmm. So uh, you don't need to put it down as far as the architecture is concerned. It must have been a marvelous place, and those people who believed in paganism would just flock to there, uh, so they could have their little trinkets. Uh, and little banners that they would wave and little keepsakes that they would take home with them. Uh, And as we begin to talk about those things, look at the parallel as far as Gainesville is concerned. We have our own. It's not the temple, but we sure have a lot of people who love the the trinkets and the banners and all the little keepsakes that they want for the University of Florida. And what's the primary economy of Gainesville. It's, it's, it's the University, University of Florida. Florida. So mm-hmm. there's a primary uh, economy in Ephesus, there's a primary economy uh, in Gainesville, and so there's there's a correlation there. 
Well, and two, the Temple of Diana wasn't just a pagan temple for worship. It was also the financial center of the day. So if you were going to do business, you were going to have any kind of money exchange, that was where you went. Uh, that was the focus of the region. So it was very important, even if you were a Christian, uh, there was going to be a need to have some sort of relation uh, and, and some sort of work at the temple yes. uh, or associated with uh, the temple. It was just part of that city. And, and the same is true for us. We thrive on a university that is the epicenter of the city. And most everybody, well, I, I tell you, I'd say almost everybody in our congregation in one way or another is just one step, either working for the university is one step away uh, because of that, whether healthcare or anything else. And, and the challenge for the Ephesian brethren was don't get caught up in all that. And that was part of the weeding uh, that they had to deal with. But Ephesus was also a very powerful city in the sense of its culture. It had a amphitheater. Uh, you, you're going to see that <laughs> when the whole city turns 25 on. 25,000 to 30,000 30, people. 30,000 people. And that's left yeah. in, uh, mm -hmm. uh, in the archaeology. That is, if you go to Ephesus the ruins today, the ruins, mm -hmm. that, that theater is there. And it was open air, open theater. And so we're going to look at something about that in Acts 19, people gathering at the theater. But... Uh, it's there. And so they had a place that 30,000 people could meet. Well, and Roman emperors would come and worship Diana. And so they always had dignitaries in town because of the blessings that they were seeking from uh, the goddess. So there was certainly that kind of a political importance as well. So all in all, there's many ways in which we can say, I can relate to that. I can relate to yes. that. And that's why we want to study this letter. Yeah, it's To me, it's so important. Um, like you said, practically 100% of people are not one or two steps away from the University of Florida. And if something were to happen to it, what would the economy be like? And so now we're, we're looking, when we get to Acts 19, we've got people there saying, wait a minute, this economy may go downhill if Christianity continues to be more popular and what's, what's going to happen to us? Yeah. And so... Yeah, you can appreciate the panic you, you, you can to some degree. Begin to appreciate the panic. Yeah. All right. So there's our introduction. We're we're going to study Ephesians. That's our focus. But more than anything, we're looking at Ephesus and learning from Ephesus and what we can learn from Ephesus. So before we get into the letter next week, so make sure you take time to maybe get one of these or, or get your own journal uh, to jot down notes before we go to Ephesians. We want to look at the history of the church, specifically in Acts. And there's some wonderful stories there as this church was being planted by not just Paul, but Priscilla and Aquila and a wonderful speaker by the name of Apollos. Yes. And so that will be our focus next week. If you want to read up and get ahead of us, uh, read Acts 18, 19, and 20. And, and that's where you find uh, the church at Ephesus there in Paul's second journey and his third journey. Anything else you want to add to our introduction? I'm looking forward to this. All right. Well, we're excited about the study. We're excited that you're going to join us. And if you're joining us via YouTube or the podcast, we would also like to encourage you to communicate with us. Uh, reach out to us uh, via email uh, and, and share your thoughts because we'd love to hear your comments. Uh, not just about the study, but we'd love to hear your comments about Ephesus and, and this study that we're going to be doing through Ephesians. All right. 
that's all we got. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. And may all of us do just as Paul shares with the brethren at Ephesus. May we truly comprehend and know the height, width, length, and depth of the wonderful love of our Lord. God bless. Good night, brethren.